Hi, you are listening to a sermon from Harvest Community Church in Hawking Estates, Illinois. You will be hearing a sermon from Pastor Jared Aron. So without further ado, here he is. We are in week four of our Lord Teach Us to Pray series. So we're coming down the home stretch. And I don't know about you, but I've just been really thrilled uh, for what God's doing in my own life and just excited for us as a church to come back to him uh, in prayer and reconnect with him. Uh, before we go any further, I just want to pray for us as we get ready to dive in. Lord, teach us to pray. God, we come just humbly and needy before you. Uh, yet we come with confidence and boldness, God, that you want to uh, give us the desire and the ability and the opportunity to connect with you in prayer. And so, God, we just pray this morning, God, that you would speak to us, your people, once again. Uh, that you would lead us forward in our relationship with you, God, and that you would bring clarity and focus and give us clear next steps uh, for how you want to move in our lives through prayer. And we pray this together as a community. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, when we were planning things out, we came to, to week four, and we wanted to make it really practical. Uh, we wanted to talk about how do we really take next steps in our life in prayer and, and connecting with God. And so we came up with the title, Movement. Um, but I'll be honest, one of our staff members, I won't mention any names, had an issue with the title, Movement. Uh, I guess for this person, uh, images of bodily functions, and you know that scene we saw of Charles and Sonny, uh, the marriage video, uh, that's the place that this person often goes to. So I, w- I was thinking about that idea, and I thought for a second to talk about spiritual fiber, and how do we move forward in our prayer lives uh, through that, but th- I, I didn't stay there too long. So my second idea was, uh, you know, thinking about movement in the sense of busting a move, you know, dancing. And as I thought more about that idea, it, it gained a little bit more traction. Not yet, boys. <laughs> gained a little bit more traction with me. And I'm sure when you look at me, you look at Pastor Jared, you're probably thinking, man, that guy has some impressive dance moves. I bet when he gets on the dance floor, he really tears it up. And I really appreciate that you would think that about, about me. That means a lot. Uh, so thank you. Thank you very much. Um, but it might come as a shock, but my dancing abilities uh, leave a lot to be desired. Uh, this white boy cannot dance whatsoever. Uh, so I, I'm still holding out hope. You know, when we get to heaven that day, you will see me dance like nobody's business. So I, I'm holding out hope. But I can relate a lot more to this clip we're about to see. Uh, it's from the movie Hitch. And Will Smith is coaching Kevin James. He's, he wants to impress this girl. And the topic of dancing comes up. And they have a little dialogue about his dancing ability. So check out the clip from Hitch. You cannot say no. Dancing is the one thing I'm not worried about. But if there are people there and I'm they sorry, get worried uh, stand and then they... I hate to be a stickler, but in, I need to be thorough. And, um, show me what you mean by you're not worried about it. Trust me. Peace out. That's what it's all about right there. See how it gets bigger? 
Start the fire. Put the feet are going. Start the fire. I make the pizza. Hips are always going. In the club with my homies. Taking a flip. In there. Down on the low key. The Q-tip. Throw it away. That's not working. Hit it with this. Don't ever do that again. Do you hear me? Just expressing myself. No, no. Mm-mm. Not like that. You're not. All right. This is where you live. Right here. You live right here. Okay? This is home. There it is. I don't want to see none of that. I don't need no pizza. They got food there. Elbows. Six inches from the waist. 90 degree angles. Don't, don't you bite your lips. Stop it. Even a great dancer can lose it with one of these. Okay, see, now that's what I need to be learning. And stop it. You cannot stop it. Next subject. Get out. <laughs> You cannot say no. Dancing is the one thing I'm not worried about. I love, I love that clip. Uh, see, my problem is I think Kevin James is actually pretty good. I'm, I'm a little jealous of the moose. Yeah, is he that bad? I mean, I remember back in high school, uh, we had to take ballroom dance in, in gym class. How many people had to take ballroom dance in high school? Man, how did so many people get out of that? So we had to learn the tango, the waltz, uh, the quick step, and let me tell you, it was, it was a real struggle for me. I was, I was pretty short, actually, back then, and I was paired up with the tallest girl in our gym class. So it's just awkward, forgettable memories for me. Um, the problem is I'm married to a woman who, who loves to dance, and uh, Dancing Queen is one of her favorite songs, and so, man, I disappoint her greatly, but over time... You know, I, I'm learning to appreciate dance a, a little bit more. I mean, Yvonne likes to watch the shows Dancing with the Stars, and so you think you can dance. And, you know, it's really amazing what people can do uh, with their bodies. Um, and we happened to be at Lambeau Field a couple weeks ago. I want to show you a little photo. There it is. So we're at Lambeau Field, and that is the Mirabal Trophy there. Uh, that was given to Donald Driver, who was the champion of Dancing with the Stars. And check out our youngest, Becca, who I'm holding there. See how happy she is? I mean, if you were a Green Bay fan, this is what your children could look like. Well, throughout today's message, I'm going to use the metaphor of dance to talk about our relationship with God uh, in prayer. And to the men, you have to understand, I can't talk about football every time I'm up here, so I have to diversify. So just 
kind of be open-minded today, because I really believe dancing gets after some important concepts that connect to our relationship with God in prayer. And, and see, often I think we can see prayer with God more as a chess match than a dance. Uh, prayer can often feel calculated, intellectual, dry, boring, and you're trying to figure out what move is God trying to make. Uh, yet I believe there's so much more to prayer. I mean, first, it connects back to that love relationship with God. A beautiful dance involves two partners. There's intimacy among those two people. And you see people good at dance. I mean, there's a delight and a joy and a freedom that they have when they're expressing themselves. So the question I want to pose to us this morning as we talk about movement is, how is God trying to move in you? How might God be leading you to experience this dance of prayer with himself? The, the first thing that we need to remember is that there is a clear leader in this dance of prayer. If you're not familiar with uh, Dancing with the Stars, uh, the TV show partners up a celebrity, Donald Driver, with a professional dancer. And throughout the course of the show, the celebrity is learning different styles of dance. And each week they've got to perform that dance and one couple is eliminated on the show each week. In Dancing with the Stars, it's very clear who is the expert and who is the learner. Who is the leader and who is the follower. And in our prayer lives, we can easily get in the rut of thinking, I've got to muster up a little bit more. I've got to get a little bit better. And I think this attitude confuses us. We forget who is leading the dance of prayer. I mean, in some respects, God is the choreographer. He is the DJ. And he is the lead partner in this dance with him. And we need to get back to following his lead. And listening to how he is guiding the relationship. In the Old Testament, there's a story about Elijah in 1 Kings 19. And Elijah's at a point in his life where he is down and out. He is discouraged. And, and God tells him, he's on a mountain, God tells him, go out and stand in the mountain, on the mountain, in the presence of the Lord. For the Lord is about to pass by. And Elijah's got to be thinking, what great thing is God going to do to reveal himself to me today. You see, Elijah had seen God do powerful things, miraculous things. He had grown accustomed to seeing God work through the supernatural. He was probably expecting something very similar. But God has something else up his sleeve this day. Elijah waits, and God first sends a great and powerful wind that shatters the rocks around Elijah. But the, the scriptures say that God was not in the wind. After the wind, God sends an earthquake. And again, it says, God was not in the earthquake. And then a fire comes down from heaven. And the same thing, God was not in the fire. Three times God shows Elijah he shouldn't always come to expect God to show up through displays of physical and wondrous power. 
And what happens next, I, I know most of us are familiar with the story. After the fire comes a gentle whisper. The Lord shows himself to Elijah through his still, small voice. So when we get back to this, this dance, if God is the leader and we are following his lead in this dance of prayer, we need to learn to listen to his voice in our lives. I love what Henry Nowen once wrote. He said, the core of all prayer is indeed listening. And what, what Pastor Brett led us through that exercise of listening connects with us. We can easily think of prayer as mere talking to God. And what we say to God. And we forget this is a two-way street. The relationship goes both ways. And we need to follow God's lead in our lives by tuning in to his voice. And listening to God puts us in the position to follow his lead. And for some of you, when we do this during service, it might be completely new to you. And it might feel a little strange. But I want to recommend some very simple, practical steps here. Uh, for you to begin practice listening to God. And if you've never tried this before, I just encourage you call to, to start small and, and very simple. So here, here's some, some recommendations. First, find a quiet place where there's going to be minimal distractions, minimal noise. And then get in a position that's going to be comfortable, will allow you to just relax and then something I do when I do this exercise, I just I take a few deep breaths to begin. And as I'm breathing deeply, I'm asking the Lord to quiet my heart. And then ask God to speak. You can say something like, Lord, your servant is here. Speak to me. God, I want to hear from you. It doesn't have to be something very dramatic. A simple phrase inviting God to speak. And then if you're starting off, I just recommend like three minutes, five minutes, just to be still and silent and to wait on the Lord. And sometimes I do this and I don't hear anything at all. And I, I want to tell you, I think that's totally okay. Uh, we're not demanding God to speak. We're inviting him to speak. But I think when you do this practice, you're telling him that you want to hear from him. And if you do feel like God is impressing something on your heart or your mind, it's always important to test and discern whether it was from him. And that's why it's important that we're continually engaged in the scriptures, uh, getting God's word in our lives, because the scriptures give us kind of bumper rails uh, for listening to him. And if you're still unsure, I would just encourage you to talk to a friend that you trust and is spiritually mature and just ask them, Share with them what you, you feel like you heard from God. I, you know, this week, honestly, I was having a little bit of a rough week. Uh, my poor wife had to deal with my, yeah, attitude and, and whatnot. Um, but on Wednesday night, I, I just, I mean, I, the kids were down. Yvonne was at work. And I went into our basement and just sat on the floor. And I, I practiced this exercise. And, and it wasn't about what I felt like God was saying to me, his words, but I just felt like we connected. And it, and it was a beautiful moment. And I really do believe God wants to speak to each one of us, and not just pastors or elders or deacons. I mean, this invitation uh, to experience God uh, speaking to us is, is available to all of us. And I, I feel it's a, it's a beautiful part uh, of this dance with him, this relationship with him.
Well, moving on, I mean, growing up, I don't know if you had dances in junior high, uh, but I remember back to junior high dances, and it was yeah, awkward, uncomfortable. It started out with, I mean, it was a gym, like, this is a junior high, it was a gym like this, and most times at our dances, like, the guys were on one side, and the girls were on the other side to begin with. And, you know, I mean, everybody's self-conscious. I was hugging the wall, you know, I didn't want to get out there. And I, and I think so, sometimes in a similar way in prayer, there's times where we get, you get, we get stuck. And, and we're, we're clinging to the wall, and, and there's no movement. We're not experiencing God, and we're missing out on the invitation uh, to dance with him. And I think there's many ways that we can get stuck in our prayer life. Uh, it could be a season of spiritual dryness. Uh, it could be you're just experiencing a lot of worry and fear. Uh, maybe it's busyness. Uh, maybe it's frustration due to unanswered prayer. Uh, maybe it's just unbelief. Like, you're just like, I don't know if this works anymore. I want to talk about one, one barrier for us that, that Jesus addresses in the Lord's Prayer. Uh, he says in, in Luke eleven four. he says, Forgive us our sins, for we also forgive anyone who sins against us. There's no doubt that in our own relationship with God, our sin is a hindrance to that relationship. I mean, confession and repentance needs to be part of this dance of prayer with him. But also our unforgiveness of others is a huge barrier in our prayer lives. Uh, Jesus in Matthew 18, he tells a parable about a servant who had a great debt to his master. And the servant was begging for mercy from the master, for him to forgive him of his debt. And, and the master shows forgiveness. He releases him from the debt. And then the servant uh, finds a fellow servant who owes him a very small debt, and he demands payment for that debt. And that's a parable about our forgiveness before God connected to our unforgiveness of others. So I was trying to think through what would this look like for me? Uh, so imagine with me uh, for a second, Pastor Dave calls me into his office one day and he says, Jared, I know you and your family have always wanted to travel the world and I want to give you that opportunity. Uh, I'm going to give you three months off and I'm going to give you $100,000 to cover your expenses as a loan. And I don't ask where he gets the money from. I, I don't want to know. I'm, I'm just willing to take it. And so I, I go home, tell Yvonne, and we're off on this worldwide adventure with our family. And we come back, and a few years pass. And honestly, there hasn't been much payment back on the loan. It's getting a little awkward. And I go to Pastor Dave, you know what? I don't know if we're going to be able to pay back this loan to you. And out of the tenderness that God has placed in his heart, he, he looks at me and I says, Jared, I release you from this debt. Don't worry about it any longer. You are free. Uh, it has been dismissed in my eyes. And I go home and tell Yvonne, and we're filled with gratitude and a sense of relief. And about a week passes, and uh, I realize that Pastor Frank... I, I had lent him $2.22 to buy his daily double at McDonald's. Because uh, he claims it not only has beef, but it has vegetables. It's an important part of his diet. And you know what? I'm, I'm fed up with him. 
And I go to the elders and I demand punishment for Pastor Frank. And I demand that he wears an Aaron Rodgers jersey to work every single day for the rest of his history at Harvest. Okay, you get the, the point. It's a silly story. But to be forgiven of a loan of $100,000 and then to be troubled by $2.22, it's just plain ridiculous. And that's the, the point that Jesus is making in this parable. As we come to God in our sin and seek forgiveness and experience his radical grace for us, how can we not forgive one another? How can we not extend grace to our brothers and sisters? Unforgiveness keeps us from experiencing the great dance of intimacy with God. I like Henry now, and so here's another, another quote from him. Forgiveness is the great spiritual weapon against the evil one. As long as we remain victims of anger and resentment, the power of darkness can continue to divide us and tempt us with endless power games. But when we forgive those who threaten our lives, they lose their power over us. Forgiveness enables us to take the first step of the dance. Is there anybody in your life today who you are withholding grace and forgiveness from? Is there a relationship that's grown tense and you are withdrawing from out of bitterness and anger? Jesus even said one day, he said, you've heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. And, you know, I'm not free of frustration from other people. There's been times in my life I've struggled with relationships, and it wasn't like a, a big reconciliation matter. I just was frustrated. And one of the practices that I, I began to take on was I would just pray a blessing over that person that I was struggling with. I mean, as Jesus invites us to, to pray for those who persecute you. Let us not miss out on the beautiful dance with God because of our unwillingness to forgive others. Because God has been so gracious to us. Sometimes we also get stuck in the same patterns and routines in our, our prayer lives. And we experience very little movement because we, we need to learn to mix it up. We need to discover some new kind of dance moves in this prayer relationship. So I want to talk about just a, a few practical suggestions. Maybe these are new ideas. Maybe they're old ideas. You know, I recognize during this, um, this season we've been in uh, just focusing on prayer, maybe there's been some new practices that you've developed. Uh, so I don't want to just add on a bunch of more stuff for you to do. But these are just ideas to keep in mind. If you hit a season where you're really struggling in prayer or you feel stuck, uh, maybe trying one of these ideas might help you out on your journey in prayer. Uh, for many years, I've kept a, a spiritual journal. It's not a dear diary. I don't write it in every day. I went to work today. Uh, I, I write in it, you know, like every few weeks. I mean, maybe once a week. And what I do is I journal prayers to God. Um, and, and often scriptures that kind of connect with what God's doing in my life. 
And I find out for me, like writing out my prayers, it, it, it helps me be more thoughtful. It helps me to process through what I'm going through. And it also, the beautiful thing, it also gives me a, a history of my prayer life. So if I read through my prayer journal, I'll see certain themes that are, are developing. You know, and there's back-to-school sales right now. You can get one of those composition books for like 50 cents at Target. And you don't have to write like pages upon pages. I mean, just a few sentences, just journaling a prayer to God or a paragraph. It's a very simple step you can take. You can it by your bedside or have it at your kitchen table in the morning when you wake up. Just to begin journaling out your prayers to God. Another thing that I discovered in college, I was reading a, a prayer book. It's something called breath prayers. How many people are familiar with breath prayers? Does that term mean anything to anybody? Okay, a breath prayer is a simple one-sentence prayer uh, that you can pray. It's usually just a phrase, and you can re- pray it repeatedly throughout the day. What I love about breath prayers is it gives me focus to my prayer life throughout the day. Uh, for our prayer calendar that we've used for this series, many of the, the days are just a simple breath prayer to God. So today's, uh, on the prayer calendar, it's, Lord, give us courage. Lord, give us courage. That's a simple breath prayer you can pray throughout the day. In the Eastern Orthodox tradition of Christianity, there's a, a breath prayer known as the Jesus Prayer. It's probably the most famous breath prayer there is. It's believed that people started praying this in the 5th century A.D. So you're talking about 1,500 years that believers are praying this prayer. And it it simply goes like this. Lord Jesus Christ, have mercy on me, a sinner. Lord Jesus Christ, have mercy on me, a sinner. Very simple, yet very powerful. It declares the gospel in our neediness for God. And there's people today that are praying this prayer not once a day, uh, but hundreds of times a day upon thousands. Uh, People in the Eastern Orthodox tradition, this is one of their main vehicles of connecting with God in prayer. And, And you can also create your own breath prayers. If you're reading scripture and something stands out to you, you can turn it into a breath prayer. I was reading from Matthew 20 this week, and Jesus is talking to his disciples about leadership. And he says the Gentiles lord it over people with power and authority. And Jesus says, not so with you. You need to learn to be a servant. So that day, I just started praying this prayer. Lord, make me a servant leader. May I lead out of my service to other people. Again, this is very simple, uh, very easy stuff. You can do this with your children. Teach them a breath prayer for the day to pray together. The last move I want to talk about um, relates to rhythm. And I I really believe that, that God has more rhythm than we give him credit for. Meaning there's, there's an order, there's a progression, there's a rhythm to the world that he's created. You see it in the beginning in Genesis and creation. There's the night-day pattern to every single day. There's a rhythm to the sun rising and the sun setting. Uh, You see it in the seasons of the year. You know, spring, summer, fall, winter. There's a rhythm to creation. 
And God's people have, throughout history, picked on this idea of rhythm and praying at certain times throughout the day. It was custom in ancient Israel to pray for three times a day at set times. Uh, we see this in Acts 3, one, one example. It says, one day Peter and John were going up to, up to the temple to the time of prayer at 3 in the afternoon. So 3 p.m. for the Jewish people in Jesus' day, that was the time, one of the times of prayer for them. And many of us are, are probably already practicing this idea of rhythmic prayer. I mean, before meals, many of us often stop and thank God for his provision and for the food he has given us. A few years ago, though, I discovered how significant rhythmic prayer is in some Christian traditions. Uh, Believers today will pray at set times throughout the day, often in the morning, the midday, and the evening. And there's usually a set order to their prayers at the specific time. And it often involves written prayers. Uh, And many people call this fixed hour prayer. It's also known as divine hours or divine offices. And honestly, learning to practice this has probably been the biggest blessing uh, to my prayer life over the last few years. In the metaphor of dance, this is like someone who's a freestyle dancer. Someone who's always spontaneous, learning to do the tango or the waltz. And my guess is many of us grew up in traditions where we were taught spontaneous prayer. And to come to God by just sharing our heart and pouring out our heart to him, which is very good. It's a very good way to connect with God in prayer. But I I really believe the practice of fixed hour prayer and reading written prayers is a great way to broaden our view of who God is and what it means to connect with him in prayer. Uh, This type of rhythmic prayer teaches us to pray with those who have gone before us. The ancients who have written down prayers that we can read and pray for ourselves today. And and since since people all all around the world are praying this throughout the day, we join with the capital C Church in praying for the same thing every single day. I, I have an app on my iPhone. It's called Explore Faith. And it gives me the divine hours. It'll give me the prayers for the morning, the midday, and the evening. You can go to their website, explorefaith.org, if you want to check this out. Uh, Instead of just talking about it more and more, I want to actually lead us through a practice of praying uh, a rhythmic prayer and divine hour. Uh, So this is just an example from earlier in the week. Um, And and just so you know, like the, the bold is the heading. So the call to prayer, that's just the heading. When I pray this, I don't read the headings. I just read the words underneath it. And when I do this for myself privately, I I usually pray out loud. It helps me to own the words that I'm saying and to really focus. Uh, So here's, here's a taste of rhythmic prayer. Open my lips, O Lord, and my mouth shall proclaim your praise. I call upon you, O God, for you will answer me. Incline your ear to me and hear my words. Can you guys flip it because I'm having trouble? Had you desired it, I would have offered sacrifice. But you take no delight in burnt offerings. The sacrifice of God is a troubled spirit. A broken and contrite heart, O God, you will not despise. 
The fool has said in his heart, there is no God. Never desire to be the object of praise or love above others, for that belongs only to God, who is none like himself. Neither desire that anyone's heart be set on you, and do not set your heart on the love of anyone, but let Jesus be in you and in every good man and woman. The fool has said in his heart, there is no God. Even so, come, Lord Jesus. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. May your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours are the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Almighty God, who has given your only Son to be unto us both a sacrifice for sin and also an example of his godly life, give me grace that I may always most thankfully receive that his inestimable benefit and also daily endeavor myself to follow the blessed steps of his most holy life. Through the same, your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. O God, who has made us of one blood, all the peoples of the earth, and sent your blessed Son to preach to those of us who are far off and to those of us who are near, grant that your people everywhere may seek after you and find you. Bring the nations into your fold. Pour out your spirit upon all flesh and hasten the coming of your kingdom through the same, your son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. So that, that's a, a taste. Uh, just a few things to, to note is a lot of the words are straight from Scripture. And like just recently, just reading Scripture out loud has just been significant for me. There's a, a power in it. I grew up in a, a semi-traditional church where we would do a liturgical reading each Sunday. And, you know, I thought that was kind of lame. You know, like once I got to college, I'm like, forget that. Uh, but there's a richness and a beauty to these prayers as we read them. And, and that took, what, three minutes to read through that? It's, it's very simple. And what, what doing this does for me is it gets me out of my own little world. It gets me out of my needs and my struggles. And it reminds me what Pastor Frank reminded us last week of the king and his kingdom, the bigger picture. So if you have any questions about divine hours, I mean, I'd be happy to help. I know Marcus and Brett, the three of us have been, uh, been doing this uh, personally. So any of us could help you out and share more about it. So, I mean, these are some ideas for you. Just explore a new move. Uh, to expand the repertoire of your prayer. You know, consider starting a prayer journal. Or breath prayers are very simple. You know, even today, Lord, give us courage to pray that throughout the day. Or practice fixed hour prayer and exploring the written prayers of people that have gone before us. As, my, as I close, my last encouragement uh, to us is just to, to enjoy the dance God is, is longing, he is waiting for
for us to come out onto the dance floor. And this is an invitation to that relationship of intimacy. And as we experience him more and more in prayer, there's going to be that freedom and that joy and that delight. Prayer is not meant to be a drudgery of duty, but a delight in relationship with God. And just remember, follow his lead. Learn to listen to his voice. Ask him what your next step is in prayer. Ask him where this dance needs to go. And if you're stuck, I mean, explore, I mean, the area of unforgiveness. Is there a relationship in your life that is broken, that needs mending and attention? And that prayer, Lord, give us courage. That might be a prayer that God would give you courage to mend that relationship today. And try out some new moves. Have fun. Enjoy experiencing God in different ways in prayer. My hope for us is that this series is not just going through the motions of prayer because we know we should and that it's good, but that we would really experience this great dance of intimacy and movement with God in prayer through his Holy Spirit at work in our lives. Let's, Let's pray together. I just, I want to invite you into a moment of quiet once again. And just encourage you to take a deep breath. I know these chairs might not be the most comfortable. But really that, that first point, that God is the leader of this dance. And maybe even asking him honestly, God, am I following your lead or am I wandering off on my own? I do believe he's waiting for us. And it's not a a waiting of condemnation. It's It's a waiting of love. Of longing to draw us to himself. To reconnect us with him. So just take a moment and think about this. Are you following the Lord's lead in your life, in your your spirituality, you're trying to connect with God in prayer. And just ask him to speak to you. I thought it would be uh, fitting for us. This is our last time together corporately in this series. Uh, Just close together by reading and praying the Lord's prayer together as a community. Can we get the slide for the Lord's prayer? You know, I'll just lead us. So if you grew up in a tradition where you prayed this prayer, you know, join with me. Uh, if you're not familiar with it, that's okay. Just, you know, listen as we pray the Lord's Prayer together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. May your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours are the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Thanks for listening to the sermon from Harvest Community Church. If you would like more information or have any questions or comments, check out our website at harvest-community.org. Thanks for listening.